time for our second hour roundtable on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. And as I mentioned, I'm doing this show from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where my husband and I are up here had a great family reunion. Love, love, love my cousins and all the massive extended family. Had a blast at the lake. Um, and I also want to say it's very exciting because one of my original uh, round, right view roundtable people, uh, Mari Sullivan, is actually here in studio in Minneapolis with me. Uh, when I mentioned to uh, the right view roundtable people that I was going to be doing the show in Minneapolis, she spoke up and said, hey, you know, I'm from Minnesota and I could go up that weekend. And so it's so great to have her here because otherwise I'd just be talking to you by myself. So, Mari, thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Okay, so here's my question. And most serious note, because I hear so many conservatives saying, this and I see it all over the all over the internet. But we were talking in the last hour about how the Democrat-led effort of the FBI to investigate this non-existent hoax, this not this hoax thing, this non-existent conspiracy between Donald Trump and the um, Russians, and how it's just eating up all. I mean, CNN's going to be CNN, but is he is just eating up so much media time? And the question is whether Donald Trump. Instead of just being in a position of denying it and saying, no, we didn't, no, we didn't, no, we didn't, should he instead um, just focus on his agenda, which is you know, his domestic agenda, he's got to start pushing through his tax bill, his whole budget, uh, try to get him more of his nominees through. He's, he's got a, his whole agenda he's trying to do before the midterm elections of November 2018, or should he engage in essentially, um, I don't mean that he would raise false issues that don't really merit investigation, but should he instead a little bit fight fire with fire and suggest to Attorney General Jeff Sessions that he investigate Hillary Clinton and the email scandal, or Hillary Clinton and the uranium deal she did, the pay-for-play of Secretary of State, or investigate uh, Comey for having given what appears to be uh, privileged documents and perhaps documents containing um, arguably secrets that he shouldn't have been I've been giving away, giving those to the uh, media. Should he turn tail or should, she, should he turn on the Repo- Democrats and say, you want to play the investigation game? Here we go. What should he do? Debbie, that is very attractive. And certainly that is one avenue that you could take on Hillary and all of her corruption and uh, Obama meddling in the, the, the Israeli election with uh, setting up a pact to defeat Bibi Netanyahu. What I like what I think Trump is very good at is talking right to the American people. And everybody probably knows this old statement, but in the, during Stalin's regime, if he wanted to get rid of somebody, he wasn't, he wasn't on their team, he would go to their top guys and say, here's the guy I want gone. And his uh, consigliere would say, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. There is no crime here. As of yet, there's absolutely no collusion, no obstruction, there's no treason, it's ridiculous. What Trump needs to do is say, look, Obama found out in July of 2016 that the Russians were meddling. He wasn't concerned about it. And he got concerned about it when Trump won. In fact, Hillary in the third debate said, Donald, will you accept, you know, the um, election. The, the election? And he said, um, you know, I'm going to wait and see. And she raised up her hands. This was outrageous. Obama chimed in. Wait just a minute. You know, what are you talking about? Uh, There's no Russian meddling here that should destroy Hillary winning. But the moment Trump won, their whole narrative changed to 
get rid of Trump, which means get rid of my vote and all the people that voted for him. This is what Trump is good at going on the offensive, and he just needs to lay out the facts. I think he would be very good at that, and I think it will show that the Democrats are trying to perpetuate the crime of the century, delegitimizing a legitimately elected president of the United States. Go for it, Donald. So Trump should, and I'm agreeing with you, Trump should start more or openly, more regularly, as should other elected Republicans, pointing out that the Democrats in this country have absolutely no intention of ever permitting Donald Trump to govern. They want to see him somehow removed or at least a, a, at least paralyzed and unable to implement his policies. This is the Democrat agenda. And so I, I agree with you that I would like to have Trump and others saying, listen, get the big picture here and see what the Democrats are really doing. But should Trump actually start investigations of Hillary at all? Or does that just make more distraction, more problem for to him? To me, that makes more distraction. Everybody knows Hillary's a crook. He said it. It was beautiful. Crooked Hillary. Oh, yeah. Really? Hallelujah. Finally, somebody nailed it. We all know she's a crook. And I'll tell you what, he's so good at synthesizing what we all know, it, which is we want to get our country great again. He can do it. And he's got an agenda to do it. That's why he was elected. And all he needs to do is point out every day that where is the crime? Where is the statute? There's no evidence. And there is an article written by Ben Rhodes, that's my opinion, in the Washington Post that came out in June. This could be Exhibit A that he could use in nailing the Democrats. And the whole article is about Obama found out in July of 2016, no, August of 2016, that the Russians were meddling and also trying to steal the election from Hillary. And the fact of the matter is he did nothing. He went to Martha's Vineyard. He went to Hawaii. He went on a European goodbye tour. He certainly did. This is Debbie George Ass, America Can We Talk. We're going to um, zip off to a break in a second. But, you know, this whole issue of whether or not Trump ought to go on the offense, the question you have to balance is, should he spend time on that versus spending time on getting his agenda done? I vote, get the agenda done. Don't go away. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. 
You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. This is Debbie George Addis and Mari Sullivan broadcasting from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Yahoo. Very, very fun to be here. Okay, so we were talking well, a lot throughout the show about the things that have been going on in Washington since Trump was elected. And I've seen many, many media people, especially on CNN, but other liberal sites, lament and saying, you know, kind of, how could you still be supporting Trump? Are you still supporting Trump? Aren't you getting upset with him? What about the fact he said this? He did this. He said this. And so, you know, in fact, so I got to just talk a little bit about that, about why is the support for Trump, apparently, uh, it it is apparently still very strong, despite his, um, you know, what people have been uh, watching in the news. So I'm going to start with you, Mari. I know you didn't support him. I don't know when you began supporting, but in any case, are you still with him? I supported him the minute he became our nominee. 
And I supported him because we needed to beat Hillary, and we did. And I'll tell you what, I listened to David Drucker on the Hugh Hewitt Show, and he's a writer, very uh, good writer, and he's talking about Georgia 6, and he went down there to cover it, and that was the election where everybody thought Ossoff was going to take Georgia 6 back, which is a deeply Republican district, and it didn't happen. And the reason it didn't happen is because he pointed out uh, he had went to a luncheonette, talked to a fellow there that is uh, a Republican, and he's not enamored of every little tweet that Trump tweets out as we all have our, oh, why did he say that? But I do like that he uses that social media. Keep it up, Donald. But what this fellow said, yes, of course I am going to vote for Trump and Republicans because we are in a fight of the left versus the right. He sees the Democrats completely as socialists, and they play to their base, which is, as you and John described, you know, America is inherently racist. The economy is rigged against you. The Democrats say this. The Democrats say that. And here's what I say. We've got laws on the books that protect all people and their property from any obstruction to them doing what they want with their lives. That is a complete and utter lie, and the American people know it. So this gentleman may not be 100% enamored of everything Trump does, but he wants Trump to get his agenda done, secure the border, lower taxes, make us more secure, you know, take Iran out of the Middle East hegemonic equation that it wants to get in, and he will take a so-called flawed Republican any day over a leftist Democrat that will take this country in the wrong direction for our children. Yeah, I'm struck when you're, you're saying that, how I've been talking to some uh, – couple of groups of Democrats in Washington, I mean, I'm Washington, in Dallas recently who, um, you know, want to talk politics and understand what I think. And I realized so much of what uh, many Democrats, voters, I'm not talking about the party, but voters, they just kind of go for personality or they go for characteristics. And so, you know, they have a, they loved Obama because he was the first black president and they loved Hillary because she would have been the first woman president. And I think this notion of seeing what the parties really stand for and the ideas like what you're really saying, I think, is that Trump stands for the ideas that conservative voters want. Maybe they don't you know, think he's a perfect vehicle. He doesn't say every single thing. They, they don't love every single thing he tweets. But they see this as a fight for the kind of core of America. And they're fine with Trump, whether he you know, he does the occasional tweet that we find distasteful, which he does. I mean, I don't care for every single tweet he does, but I see it as a fight for America. And, and if you see that, it's not a hard question. You know, I loved what you and John were saying about the Warsaw speech and talking about how Reagan-esque it was. And my thought on uh, the dog whistle racist aspect that the media and the makes uh, up uh, that, that they immediately came up with was because Trump is very good in his speeches. I have listened to so many of his speeches and been inspired. I loved it when he said, I'm going to put America first. I'm going to put the American people first. I'm going to make America great again. And he put meat on those bones. It wasn't just a slogan, and everybody understood that this man loves this country and the principles on which it was founded. And today, in our country, because of the civil rights movement, there isn't one person who cannot succeed because there are laws on the books that protect them and their property. And you and I and every conservative will be shoulder to shoulder with them if there's any transgression of those laws. We would fight tooth and nail to make sure that they get those rights. You know, I was going to tell you, there was an interesting article. In fact, we're going to add it to what we put on uh, AmericaChemiTalk.org. You can go there and see the links for today's show. You can go also to our Facebook page. But there was a town hall posting by Evan Syett, S-A-Y-E-T. I may not be saying his last name right. But he, on this 
idea of just supporting Trump, he he talked about throughout history this notion of that that Americans on the right, on the conservative side, see the left has been engaged in a war against America since the rise of the children of the 60s. Just this a war against the culture, the goodness, the greatness of America. And one point he makes is how throughout history, people, leaders have had to go with, select people to fight in battles. And they've got to go with people who aren't perfect. He made the example, for example, during the um, Civil War, when Abraham Lincoln had to, he had Ulysses S. Grant, who was a drunk, whose behavior in, in peacetime might have drummed him out of the army, but Abraham Lincoln applied the peacetime, if he had applied the peacetime rules of propriety, he would have booted Grant. But instead, Lincoln rightly recognized, quote, I cannot spare this man. He fights. I love that. He's saying, look, he fights. And this is what I think a lot of Trump supporters say, okay, I don't like every word he says, that way he says it, blah, blah, it's not perfect. He fights. And the same thing was true of General Patton um, when he was vulgar. He was a SOB. I won't say, you know, what that stands for, but SOB in peacetime. He might have been stripped of his rank, but FDR applied this rule of decorum. Uh, he, he might have removed him, but instead he let him stay where he was. And that way we don't have Hitler and the socialists, you know, running this world five decades later. So I say all this to say that Trump is fighting the battle America wanted fought. They wanted someone standing up to establish in Washington. They wanted someone standing up for the idea of actually having a secure border. People are tired of being called racist because they want a border, that they want to have clear immigration policy. They were tired of being called Islamophobic for the, because they really thought we ought to be careful about who we bring to America in refugee programs. They were tired of being talked about being hateful and and. Um, greedy because they wanted their taxes lowered they don't didn't like obamacare and they didn't like be called racist for opposing obamacare they didn't like being called intolerant or insensitive to poor people because they actually want to return to free market uh, health care to the extent possible so these people who wanted those things and they saw the direction of america they saw the challenges that america was facing under eight years of obama they wanted it stopped trump stopped it whether or at least he said he would, and he's fighting. And still today, most voters on the conservative side, they are not upset with Trump at all. They might say, yeah, that tweet wasn't my favorite one ever, but they're glad he's fighting. And that's really what this battle is about. Somebody's fighting. And it's not, by the way, Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan or most Republicans in Washington. You have a few of them really in the fight, and a lot of them need to be dragged along. Harking back, Harkening back to my opening segment, if you think we've won this battle because we have the White House, the Senate, and the House, you're not tuned into what's happening. We haven't won this battle because we haven't convinced the GOP in Washington they better fight for what Trump wants. And I was going to say, in the foreign policy arena, Trump is taking on Iran. This pro-Iran policy that Obama pursued for eight years is so disastrous, not just to the Middle East, but to our own country. This idea that the, the mullahs are reasonable, they hate America, they hate Israel, they'll get nukes, and believe me, you think North Korea is a threat? Just wait until they get their nuclear weaponry. And we've got Trump in there calling them out, and thank heavens he is, because we've got to stop them now. Yep, and I have to say, even this speech we mentioned a, a while ago when John Hinderocker was on, the speech that Donald Trump gave in Warsaw, where he just he was just saying things that honestly everybody used to learn elementary school. 
everyone used to think. It was common sense America, the notion that we know America is an exceptional and great country, that Western civilization's values are better than the civilizations created by other values, that America is a beacon of liberty to the world, and we have to stand up for that. Those ideas that Trump said in that Warsaw speech, they're the kind of things that make Trump voters say, look, you know, not everything he says, maybe this wasn't the greatest thing ever, but they are really grateful that Trump is fighting. And even, I keep alluding to these crummy little tweets, and I haven't really talked about this on the show yet, but... You know, there was a tweet that Trump uh, put out last week or a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, relating to Morning Joe Scarborough and whatever her name is, his um, Mika. Mika, yeah, his now fiance and co-host there. And he made a really ugly comment that was about her, you know, having had uh, plastic surgery. I don't think that was the best comment thing he ever put out on Twitter. But I will say this. Those people go on air day after day after day and they mock Trump. They attribute evil motives to what he does when he talks about refugees they would talk about hate when he talks about obamacare they talk about greedy don't care about poor people the attack and the attack and the attack and the attack and even though i don't like the way trump tweeted that the concept of just not letting those media people have their way with him just not letting them bowl him over frankly frankly most of his supporters are saying Thank you for finally speaking up. It's one of the few things people didn't like about George W. Bush. He didn't fight back. Trump fights back in an era where fighting is needed. This is Debbie Georges and Mari Sullivan in Minneapolis, Minnesota. America Can We Talk? Be right back. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. On my radio show, we have the theme music by Krista Branch that has the refrain, I am America. I chose it because it summarizes what I think is a really important truth about America. We the people are America. We the people are blessed with extraordinary power in our country, and we have to use that power to keep America strong and free for everyone. And how do we do that? We have the responsibility to understand the issues facing our country, to get beyond soundbite and slogan politics. We have the responsibility when politicians propose solutions to understand, will those solutions preserve American-style freedom or slowly, incrementally destroy it? We have to vote once we are informed about the issues. But even more so, we have to speak up to our friends, our family members, to speak up in our daily life about the reality that we each have a responsibility and privilege to defend American-style freedom. This is Debbie Georgiatis on America Can We Talk. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm so happy you've tuned in. And it's Debbie George Jazz and Mari Sullivan's here with me in the great state of Minnesota. And so happy to be talking to you from Minnesota. So I got to enjoy a family re- reunion this weekend. Okay, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about Trump and all that. I did want to turn to one issue tonight that's really kind of, um, it's an endless issue that the left pushes on and pushes on and um, acts like they are the um, savior of the world about, but it has to do with climate change. And this is another area where Trump voters are with him when he said, we're not going to honor the Paris Climate Treaty. They actually appreciate it. They are with him on this. And this is one I think the American left would say, oh, my gosh, how could he do that? And, you know, he has all the hand wringing of some of the Western European leaders who are just play along with the left wing game on this. But actually, in addition to what Trump did, which I'm very grateful for, um, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt said something recently, which I think, you know, makes people on the American left quake in their boots because the last thing they want to do is actually discuss the issue. So what EPA and Donald Trump appointee, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, raised the idea of having a TV climate change debate. He said it in an interview with Reuters. He said, there are a lot of questions that have not been asked and answered about climate change. Who better to do that than a group of scientists getting together and having a robust discussion for all the world to see? He added, without explaining how the scientists would be chosen. But I have to tell you, um, and in fact, he was asked, should the debate be televised? He said, sure, I think so. I mean, I don't know yet, but you want this to be open to the world. 
You want this to be on full display. Well, the reason this makes the American left so crazy, especially the ones who are in the know, is that really since Al Gore wrote his piece of fiction coming up with the uh, global climate change theory, he's really been able in large part to convince academia and the media and Hollywood that climate change, man-caused catastrophic climate change is real, it's going to kill us all, and the only answer is to surrender to the American left's desire to control essentially all of the uh, possible factors that lead to climate change control, energy production control. It's a wealth redistribution thing. And the left rather repeatedly, ra- rather harshly, refuses to debate. In fact, we had in the show, I don't know, a couple of years ago, Lamar Smith, Congressman Lamar Smith, who had invited some panel, <laughs> and some panel he was chairing in, in Congress, you know, to have a discussion about climate change. The people who support climate change theory will not debate. Why do you think that is, Mari Sullivan? Debbie, I think it's because, uh, you know, there are fear is a way to control people. Fear is a way to get votes. And uh, many people have uh, heard this quote, but if you if you don't believe in God, you'll believe in anything. And so people are looking for a cause celeb. And I'll tell you what, when I first heard about man-made global warming destroying the planet, I researched it. I was very concerned. It took me less than five minutes to see This is not a foregone conclusion. There are many people, scientists, that say, you know, the planet has been heating and cooling forever. And this idea that man is destroying the planet needs to be debated. Let's get the facts. Let the left choose their scientists. Let Mr. Pruitt choose his scientists. And let's have a robust debate. I'll tell you who won't be there is Al Gore, the first green billionaire. He will not debate. He will Hector, he will Lecter, he will put another nickel in his $1 billion green machine. But I guarantee you that he won't be able to attend. He'll be washing his hair that day, afternoon, or evening, whenever the debate is. Because he will not talk to people about the issues. He wants to just have it his way. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting, this climate change thing. I think I was telling our listeners like a month or so ago, I had a a longtime friend visiting in fact, we were friends when our kids were babies. We were, you know, having kids in the same years. And, you know, she's a college-educated college professor, really smart person. Uh, but she is, you know, she's voted Democrat. And she said, you know, I can't imagine who it is who doesn't believe in climate change. And I said, I raised my hand, and I said, if you mean, you know, catastrophic man-caused climate change, I don't believe in that. Of course, the climate changes. It's changed since time began, and it's changed because that's the nature of weather. It's, it's just climate. It's just weather all put together in a long period of time. And, But it had never – if you don't um, focus on those kind of issues, if you're not politically minded, you've been overwhelmed by the media who has tried to convince you that climate change is indeed – real and so you don't really think anyone serious or thoughtful is opposed to it but i want to share something with you along these lines that nothing is happening i hope that Pruitt is successful by the way yeah. in getting this climate change debate it'd be a great start it would be okay so there's a guy named michael mann m-a-n-n michael mann he's a penn state climatologist very famous for inventing the hockey stick graph that was essentially a graph he came up with pulling data together to make the argument that, you know, if we don't immediately stop producing, um, you know, uh, fossil fuels, if we don't stop uh, producing so much CO2, we're all going to die. It's going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. So he has been a real pusher of this um, of this climate change agenda. His hockey stick graph was um, largely de- uh, 
refuted largely really um just um i can't think of the right word it for it shown out to the be middle age global warming yeah, period completely shown, yeah shown to be a lie he left out major periods of time where the actual data did not fit his agenda and cherry actually pick. yeah cherry pick there you go cherry pick data and he also did this um he was debunked. Thank you. My husband's here in the studio and wrote the word debunked on a piece of paper for me. Debunked. This, this hockey stick thing, thing has been debunked. And now, actually, client, people are looking at this data and understanding that his data that went into this graph isn't even consistent with existing temperature measurements available from numerous other sources. He just decided, I'm going to make climate change real by just maneuvering everything I produce. So a little bit of uh, chickens coming home to roost from Michael Mann. So here's what happened to him. In his arrogance of assuming that he was able to lie about climate change and frighten everyone and cause everyone to feel like they just better salute the left-wing agenda and agree to the UN resolutions, agree to wealth redistribution based on climate change, in his arrogance, he filed lawsuits. He filed lawsuits against uh, Mark Stein for one person and also against climatologists. Dr. Timothy Ball. Well, this is an amazing thing. He's so arrogant. It didn't stop. To, he didn't stop to consider that if you file a lawsuit and you want a judge or jury to rule on facts, you have to produce your data. So Michael Mann is unwilling. He's refused to produce his data for the court in support of his own case. He's a, he's kind of saying, "Here's I I am famous. I'm Michael Mann. I've said climate change is real." And I don't have to produce any proof. That's I don't right. have to produce. I, I can right. just say it. And so the court, well, surprisingly, I mean, unsurprisingly, rather, is unwilling to allow him a victory in these lawsuits if he produce his own data. It's kind of like saying, I, I can't even think of an analogy. It's like and me suing you for it, saying. It's just so apparent that they won't talk to anybody about the facts on the other side. And why is that? Because they want to shut down a discussion. And why is that? Why can't we find out why they don't want to hear from anybody that has an alternative view? Why is that? I mean, I was very curious 10 years ago, and I quickly found out. It's because there are serious scientists, I mean physicists, top drawer physicists. Climatologists. Climatologists that are saying, hold on just a second. Man is not destroying the climate and uh, the, the earth. And the Himalayas aren't going to uh, you know, lose their ice pack and flood the earth. We've really got to get a handle on facts because we've got serious problems, and this doesn't appear to be one of them from what I've researched. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really a great comeuppance for Michael Mann because he has been torturing serious conservatives with lawsuits, not just by hectoring them in the public eye, but actually lawsuits trying to get damages. So here's where Michael Mann is going to end up here. He's suing 79-year-old Canadian climatologist Dr. Tim Ball, who is now Ball, Dr. Ball, the defendant, is now going to instruct his British Columbia attorneys to trigger mandatory punitive court sanctions, including a ruling that Mann acted with criminal intent when using public funds to commit climate data fraud. And the other things to happen to Michael Mann is, you know, he chose to file what people are now calling, they use the word lawfare like it's warfare, except you use the law to fight your war. And he, and he Michael Mann, has been a cynical uh, person using, they call it SLAP, Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation. 
It's a it's actual it's thing. S L A P P um, filed in the British Columbia Supreme Court. So now what's happening to him is he's been waging lawfare, and it's, and based on his deceptive practices, and now and his deceptive practices were paid for with tax dollars. So all this has come out under Freedom of Information, and Mr. Michael Mann is soon going to discover that that you can't just appoint yourself the head of climate information for the world you cannot just say and shut down debate which is you, what he wants to do yeah you cannot shut down debate you cannot say once i've spoken and you and what he's really doing is not just saying i'm right he's saying i'll sue anyone who even dares to disagree with me and so the proverbial chickens are coming home to roost on michael mann leading back to we were talking about the start of this wouldn't it be awesome if epa head um, administrator exactly. scott pruitt actually got a public debate on television. Let's discuss it. Let's discuss Openly, it. Openly, honestly, get the facts out there. And you ask yourself why the left is so unwilling to discuss it. It's because they don't have the facts. This is Debbie Georges, Mari Sullivan, America Can We Talk. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Did you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. 
Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. On my radio show, we have the theme music by Krista Branch that has the refrain, I am America. I chose it because it summarizes what I think is a really important truth about America. We the people are America. We the people are blessed with extraordinary power in our country, and we have to use that power to keep America strong and free for everyone. And how do we do that? We have the responsibility to understand the issues facing our country, to get beyond soundbite and slogan politics. We have the responsibility when politicians propose solutions to understand, will those solutions preserve American-style freedom or slowly, incrementally destroy it? We have to vote once we are informed about the issues. But even more so, we have to speak up to our friends, our family members, to speak up in our daily life about the reality that we each have a responsibility and privilege to defend American-style freedom. This is Debbie Georgiatis on America Can We Talk. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I just realized we're doing this show from Minneapolis, so we have Facebook Live working, but usually in Dallas, the Facebook Live thing, pick up my cell phone, is getting the sound from the soundboard in Dallas so you can hear the music, but here in this studio, you're not hearing the music, so if you see Mari and I were kind of dancing in our chairs, I swear there's good music on, even though you couldn't hear it in Facebook Live. I swear good music. Okay, so this is our final segment of the fastest two hours of my week every single week. I want to start out very quickly by just saying a few thank yous. and But actually to make a big announcement, which I... Um, uh, I'm, I guess it's a good announcement. It's a very good announcement, but you know I have a second view, uh, second hour Right View Roundtable, and every week I have just fabulous two people, one or two people join me, Right View Roundtable, and one of them is uh, Wade Miller, and he has been on many times on America Can We Talk. He's a fabulous second hour guest, always well-informed, always thoughtful, former Marine, uh, just a right stuff guy in every way, just very thoughtful, just appreciate the daylights out of him. So Wade Miller has worked for Heritage Action for, I, mean, I don't know, four or five years, I'm not sure how long, but um, he's just a, you know, he's a position called regional coordinator, but he's clearly uh, looked up to within, throughout Heritage Action, just a very uh, substantive, knowledgeable guy. So he left Heritage, um, left that employment, and he announced that he's just announced this past week, he's accepted a position as the political director on the Ted Cruz reelection campaign. And so Senator Ted Cruz, our U.S. Senator from the great state of Texas, uh, is up for re-election in 2018. And you may remember that, um, and I, I will tell you that I have a good friend who's, okay, I have a friend who has a friend. I have a good friend who has a good friend who's a Democrat. And this Democrat activist was telling, was saying, you know, we have a great candidate 
for uh, to run against Ted Cruz, whoever the name was. My friends had never even heard of him, but there's somebody running against Ted Cruz. But I do think in this time of Donald Trump, I think in the era of the uh, little kerfuffle uh, and, and tension really between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz during the, the um, presidential election cycle, it is just vital that conservatives get behind, and, and they already are in Texas, behind Ted Cruz. But there's going to be a real push by Democrats who actually – continually misread the conservative reaction to Donald Trump. And I think that the Democrats think they may have an opening in Texas because of their their false belief of Trump's unpopularity, that they can somehow take down Cruz. I'm telling you, Ted Cruz will be reelected. But to have our own Wade Miller from America Can We Talk, Heritage Action, join Ted Cruz's campaign as the political director is huge. It is a blessing for Ted Cruz. It's a blessing for Wade Miller, too, because they really, um, they're just I'm thrilled for both of them. They're working together, and um, I hope we'll be able to have um, to, uh, Wade Miller on the show again. hope so. So I also want to thank, because I'm doing the show from Minneapolis, want to thank in Dallas Greg Lindemood, doing our board operator, who's keeping me on track, more or less, and Jim Barto, who got organized. I want to thank Steve Smith and Lee Michaels here in the Minneapolis station for accommodating us and getting us all set up. We love doing the show from here. And thanks to Mari Sullivan, who actually lives in Dallas, where I do. I came all the way up to Minneapolis to join me on this show tonight. So those are my thank yous. And to John Hinderocker for joining me tonight. We were so excited at getting oh, John Hinderocker. Um, and also my want to hero. Say yeah, he's our hero. We, we love him on Powerline Blog. I also want to say my thanks to GC Works, which sponsors America Can We Talk. GC Works is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do the show without them. Just deeply grateful for GC Works. Okay, so we have a few minutes left in this segment. That was a lot of thank yous, but they all mattered. Okay, so I want to go back to a couple of things. Um, First of all, on this um, effort by Scott Pruitt to get a possible announcement of um, a, of a public debate about um, the climate change story, I think it's really interesting to hear how the Democrats react because the Democrats' mantra has been all along, well, we rely on science. What about, I'm a science-based thinker. Okay, well, good. Science, people in science like facts. So what do you, I mean, I, I can't wait if it really happens. That's an excellent idea. Start of something big. Okay. And then turning to the next topic, there was uh, a lot during the uh, 2016 election cycle and really in the last several years of the Obama administration when America began to understand how poorly the Veterans Administration functions and meeting the needs of our precious American veterans who have served, you know, whether they served in World War II or any war since then or they're just home from Iraq yesterday, whatever it is, we have Americans who come back to America in need of all sorts of care. And the Veterans Administration, and it's a promise America makes if you go serve our country, we will help you, we'll take care of you, we'll meet your medical needs. And the VA has been a disaster and, and a... um. So I want to mention, in fact, Mari, maybe you want to take it away here, that Trump has stepped up and in his promises in his campaign to help the veterans. Yes, he has done a great job here. And it was a struggle because literally before Trump signed this uh, legislation that was passed in the House, you could not fire or even suspend a VA employee. I mean, to do that was absolutely, it literally took an act of Congress to be able to fire people who are not doing their job. You can't run a business 
You can't run a hospital if you can't fire people that aren't doing their jobs. This is such a monumental, great start to having accountability with what John and you were talking about, the administrative state, the government employees, the public sector unions that put their heads down, stay forever. Our liberals don't want to do their job, don't want to get fired, don't want to do anything to, 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 to do their job, which is take care of our soldiers. Anyhow, through this legislation, they have fired 500 people and suspended 200. This is a great start. And Trump honored his, his uh, campaign promise to our vets. And I'll say to all you people who are, happen to be listening on Facebook Live, there is a real need for Americans to demand that the tax dollars we send to Washington be used to implement the policies that the American people want as reflected by the president they chose and by the Congress they chose. And to have this administrative state become these people in Washington, and they're not all bad. There are wonderful employees, I'm sure, in every agency in Washington. There are wonderful employees in the Labor Department and HHS and all over the federal government. But it's too large. There are too many of them. And over the decades, we have had, they've had an encrusted, a regulatorily, a regulation-based encrusting and embedding of their ability to stay in their jobs no matter what they do. It is a very refreshing thing to have a president take that on because it's unpopular in Washington and the Democrats are not going to like it. Democrats, no, the Dems fought yeah. it tooth and nail, Debbie. They taught it tooth and nail because they, the, the Dems and the public sector unions are like the military industrial complex. Believe me, it is a huge, giant, um, effective combination that is destroying the blue states because these public sector unions negotiate with the Dems, get unbelievable salaries, unbelievable pensions. And this is what is bringing down Chicago, Detroit, because it can't be paid for. And I, yeah, I actually I wanted to mention the name of the bill because Mari mentioned it. So the, um, the bill that was passed is called the Veterans Accountability, excuse me, Veteran, Veterans Affairs Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act which Congress passed in June, and or Congress passed and Trump signed in June, is the beginning of saying, no, yes. we actually meant this part about getting government more accountable. And I will say these are hard things because a lot of politicians promise this, and um, and then they get to Washington and they understand the pressures from various agencies, from the unions. They say, you know what? Taking I don't want this That's on not is my huge, thing. Debbie. It is huge. To yeah. take on the public sector unions, nobody's done it except one man, Donald Trump. He gave... Congress the backbone to start taking on these people. Hallelujah. Absolutely, he did. Okay, and the final thing, we just have a few minutes left. It always goes by. This really is the fastest two hours of my week, and I talk pretty fast, but I still can't get all in. But they're a little bit of a comical note. We used to do um, the uh, tweets of the week or and or funny tweets, and, and they were always fun, and we'll do that occasionally still in the future. But I came across something that I thought just really captured you know, we talk a lot in this show about the snowflakes in, in uh, college campuses. You know, the young people who can't stand to hear anything that might offend them. And you have, honestly, professors and administrators administering the snowflake state. I mean, really being okay with. And so there was a listing by the Young America's Foundation, which is an advertiser in the show, fabulous organization. Young America's Foundation named America's most bizarre and politically correct college courses of 2016 and 2017 and if you wonder why young people finish college and don't know who abraham lincoln was unaware of important things in americans america's history but they do know a lot about politically correct causes 
listen to these courses. Okay. This is one I'm sure you took in college, Mari. Black Hair Politics. Sign me up. Yeah. University of Florida provides a comprehensive interdisciplinary examination of the history, sociology, psychology, and economics of black hair. Students will will explore the textures, styles, and meanings of black hair as they relate to identity and power in society. Somebody got credit for thinking up that course. And and somebody gets paid for teaching it. Okay. Here's another one. Probably with taxpayer dollars. Yeah, University of Florida. Here's another one. Okay, I'm not just going to pick on Florida, I promise. University of Florida. Gender and food politics. Survey of the gendered history of food and food ways from the early 17th century to the modern period. Okay, I didn't know what to say Taught about that. by Didn't... a walking block of wood, right? I know, yep. How could you even come up with a curriculum for that? Okay, this is another one, actually. University of South, of South Carolina. University of South Carolina. Okay, ecofeminism, an exploration of the connections between oppression of women and oppression of nature. I feel so depressed when I hear that. I don't feel oppressed. I feel depressed. It's it's unbelievable. And these people, they get paid to teach these courses. These kids think they're actually acquiring knowledge, which will make them capable of holding on a job. I mean, no wonder there's snowflakes. No wonder these college kids get out and they cannot function. And they can't think critically. One more. Yale University, not to leave the Ivy Leagues out of it, transgender cultural production. This is... Introduction to Trans Studies with focus on trans-feminist cultural production in the United States and Canada, exploration of key theoretical texts, activist histories, and archives, wide range of expressive cultures. I can't even go on. I mean, it goes on. Debbie, on. I need uh, a sentence diagram to figure out what that class is about. Okay. There's more. Just to be fair, Dartmouth, Williams is in here, racial capitalism. I just tell you, folks, if you ever need well, look for more to do in your volunteer time, Look at looking at your college and what your college actually teaches children, young people, and thinks that they are preparing them for the world. Okay, this was this is Debbie Georgiatis and America Can We Talk. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.